when I first heard this definition, I said, that's right. We have the natural course of events that's happening, and if you continue in that way, the end result is going to be death or poverty or whatever. But God said, I'm going to use some supernatural power to change that, erase that, or remove that from your life so that you can see my will in your life. Isn't that good news? God says, I'll interrupt what's going to happen to make sure that my power makes uh, available, is made available to do what I want to uh, have done in my life. So let's look at this for an instance. You ever go to the doctor's and he tells you bad news? I, I, I've been there. Where they say, sir, your, your blood levels that we've been testing shows that, you know, you're high, you know, this or low that and sideways this. And you, you, you got problems and probably, you know, you got about six months to live. And, and what, what do you say to something like that? What? You got to be kidding me. They say, okay, well, maybe a year. I'll give you a year. And then, then, then you're gone. So your immediate reaction is, oh, no, what am I going to do? But I've had that, you know, same diagnosis, but I didn't hang my head down. I went to the nurse because they said, we're going to schedule you for some uh, meetings and some uh, procedures and everything. And I told her, listen, you are not going to see me again because God is going to heal me. The first reaction that you have to have is, I know what you're saying. I know the natural course of events, but I have a supernatural God that's going to intervene and come between this situation and where I'm supposed to be. And God, yeah, my God will... Do the things that he's called and, and things that he has promised he'll be able to perform. You might have this situation. This next slide shows these people. You ever have financial problems? You ever look at your finances and go like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, the washing machine went out. We have extra taxes to pay. You know, my wife got laid off. Been there, been there, been there. What do you do? Do you cry? Do you weep? No, you go to a God who is bigger and better than anything else that you're facing. You say, God, do you see what we're facing here? We're, I'm asking you, Lord, to come through and, and be the God that is more than enough, the God that is able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So those faces you won't see anymore. You'll see joy and rejoicing in you know, your hearts because God has come through for us. How do we get to that point? How do we believe uh, God for miracles? Let's see the next slide. It talks about it here. Because what is the definition of faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean? Faith is a substance. It's the confidence. It's the, it's the tangible anointing of God that you get when you're believing him. You can feel it. You just know that you know that you know that God is working in your life. It's, you can feel his presence on you. I know when I had to confess for something for a period of time, I didn't get tired of doing it. I, I gained strength every time I confessed his word. I said, wow, this is really powerful, Lord. I see that you're working in my heart and in my life, and it's going to result in something happening in the natural realm. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence. I got no evidence when I told the nurse, I'm, going to see, I'm not going to see you anymore, I didn't have any evidence. They had the evidence. They had the report. They say, I'm sorry, sir, but uh, it looks right here, this level is, is too high, and, and we're going to have to do some operation. We're going to have to do some chemo. We're going to have to do some, all this other stuff. I said, uh-uh, I don't think so. 
on the other side, I got a God who has promises for me, amen? So that the things which are seen were not made of things which were not seen. So the Bible says when God created the earth, he took things that were not seen and brought them into the natural seen world. You have to take the promises that you don't see and bring them, drag them into the seen world. So I didn't have health, but I brought it through to where I am healthy. Amen? I don't have finances, but I bring them through to the point where now I do have finances. Where does it come from? I don't know. I'm not supposed to figure that out. God does. Praise the Lord. One day, our, 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 you know, I can go back in history, in my history of believing God for finances, and I just started with $100 a month extra. And I build up to $500 a month, and then some increase, increase. And so there's times when now I just look at, is my levels, what's my level? I don't have to worry about running to the bank and trying to you know, make sure everything's covered. I know, okay, if my level is down as far as my uh, uh, accounts, I just believe God for increase. So one day, I just asked the Lord, Lord, you know, I, my levels are going down. I need some help here. And so I get a call from... Uh, a place where my father worked as, at a guard station, and they said, we have some money for you that your father, it was, it was in a retirement, but he never picked it up. Can you come and pick it up? Yeah, I'll go, I can pick it up. <laughs> where do I pick it up at? <laughs> I mean, and it was thousands of dollars. You know, more than I, you, you overflowed, Lord. Amen. That's what David said. David said, what, my cup runneth over. So I was able to, you know, get my levels up, pay for things that I wanted to do. So it came from a place that I didn't see. Where did it come from? The confession of my mouth. Let's see this next, next uh, slide. Uh, no, I guess I don't have it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do we have that? Ah. So then, where, you, want, you, want, you might want to know where does faith come? Where do you get this faith, right? Do you get it at the supermarket? Do you get it at the... <laughs> you get it at the church in the back there it, faith comes by hearing I hadn't heard anything right you got to hear something you got to hear the word of God go into your heart actually it hits your brain goes down into your heart faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God so if you have little faith what does that mean little hearing right little faith little hearing much faith, much hearing. It's not even about you. You're just the conduit. You're just the person that God works through to bring his word to come into fruition. Oh, you got it? Let me, let me, now don't throw the knife. That's okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. So I asked uh, William to bring uh, an apple. So we, we all have, we all know about an apple, right? Inside the apple is what? Seeds, right? No seeds in this one. Can you get me another one? No. Let's see. There's got to be a seed. I, I didn't ask for a seedless apple. Ah, there it is. So inside the apple is a seed to produce the apple, right? I'll just show it to you like this. Inside the apple is the seed. Inside the promise of God is the seed to accomplish that which it says it will do. You want to hear that again? It's important. It really is. So when you read the Bible and it says, by his stripes I am healed, 
when you put that seed and plant it into your heart, it will grow up into an apple tree and you can receive the fruit that comes from it. Amen? When you just see that, when you just hear it for the first time, you have what they call the birth of faith. You know, you're thinking, oh, I need, that's, that's, that's something that I need to believe in. I need to believe that I'm healed. Then you go into infant faith where you kind of, you know, work and toy with it and try to get it into your system. You know, like how babies, when you have to force them to eat, any moms? Yeah, the babies, you have to force them to eat. Come on, baby, let's eat. And then you have developmental faith where you develop it over time and you learn how to work with God. And then finally you have mature faith. So inside every promise, every word of God is the seed to accomplish that which has been promised. Praise God. So that means you can't read it once. Isn't that right? You can't read it twice. You can't read it three times. You've got to read it over and over and over. And every time you read it, every time you hear it in your heart, it will produce fruit and it will produce the promise. Praise God. Okay, so um, let's look at this. Let's look at our next uh, slide. Okay. Now I'm gonna sh we're going to go through a, a little exercise here about Jesus and how he views faith, and how he looks at it, okay? Because uh, miracles just don't happen, you know that? They just don't happen, over, you know, just, just out of the blue. Sometimes they do, but generally, they happen because you've applied yourself. Maybe sometimes weeks or months or whatever, uh, but you, you apply yourself, and then God comes through. Sometimes you join with someone else's faith who has been believing God for a certain thing, and you join together, and the miracles happen. So let's look at this story. You ready? Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. He, Jesus took them on a little trip. My wife, uh, her mom used to take her and her three brothers on little trips every once in a while. She said, just kids, get in the car. We're going to go for a ride. And they'd go for a ride, and they wind up at Disneyland. Isn't that... What a surprise that was, right? So my wife expects me to do the same thing, you know, take her on a little trip, take her places. Surprise me. Surprise me. Okay. Well, Jesus surprised Peter, James, and John because they went up to the mountain to pray, and he was what? Transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no one on earth could whiten them. In other words, he was gleaming and beaming with light more than any cleaner, any Clorox, anything that you could get to make him white. He was just exuding the presence of God through his clothes and actually was his person, and they just could not believe. They were amazed at that. And we are going to be the same amazed when we see Jesus in his glory. So they were in his glory, in their glory, next, uh, and Jesus told them, don't tell anybody about this. And I mean, how do you not tell somebody about this? Because look, look what happened. Uh, there, was, there was Moses and Elijah that were there with him, and they were talking to him. Now, Moses has been dead for like 2,000 years, and Elijah about 1,000 years, and here they are talking to Jesus. And Jesus said, don't tell anybody about this. Could you do that? Could you hold a secret like that? Like the other disciples said, where were you guys? Uh, we just went on a little walk. Where'd you go? Uh, to the mountains. What happened? Uh, just praying with Jesus. Anything happen? No, we were sleeping most of the time. Well, 
What did, what did Jesus say? Nah, there's nothing. It was fine. Everything's cool. But you, what, what would you want to say? Man, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Jesus was there. He's not just an ordinary guy. He's like, whoa, transfigured, bright, morning star. Wow. You know, we don't know what we're walking here with. We're walking with God himself. That's what I would have said. Now, I know a lot of you can, how many of you can keep secrets? Can anybody keep a secret in here? You can keep a secret. I heard one person say, I can keep the secret, but the people that I tell to keep the secret, they can't keep the secret. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody else. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But Peter, James, and John were not supposed to talk about it until after the death. And so when he came down to the other disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and in wonderment. Why were they greatly amazed and in wonderment? Anybody want to guess? <laughs> I feel something's going to come out. No. <laughs> Remember, let's, go, let's backtrack a little bit. Jesus is up on the mountain. He's transfigured. He's in his glory. He's got all the shining, you know, uh, presence of the Lord. Then they come down and they were looking at him and they went, whoa, where you been? Very bright. Very bright. He still had the glory on him. We're supposed to have that glory. When we go into our, our prayer closet and we've been praying to the Lord and we feel his presence and we have his anointing, we have his love, when people see us and they're like, wow, where you been? You seem like, you know, you're really, you're like, a he like an angel or something. Isn't that true? Has anybody ever said that to you? Glowing, yes, glowing, that's the same thing. He was glowing. They were greatly amazed and in wonder, like, wow. And running to him, greeted him, and the, he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Now, Jesus, if he was, knew everything, he wouldn't have had to ask that question, would he? What are you, what's, what's going on here? What are you talking about? What are you talking, about my, what are you talking to my boys about? Isn't that something like that? What, what are you hassling my, my disciples about? Okay, let's see the next, next slide. It says, then one of the crowd, one of the persons in the crowd answered and said, teacher, okay, this guy has got a lot of insults going on when he's talking to Jesus. Can you see the first one? He calls him a teacher. Teacher? I mean, this is the son of God. This is Messiah. This is, you know, with God himself. Teacher? You're calling me a teacher. That's it? Just a good teacher? Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Now, you know, I usually do um, uh, skits and, you know, examples, and, and so I was trying to get somebody that could do this <laughs> about foaming at the mouth gnashing his teeth, getting thrown around, and, and I couldn't find anybody. Can you imagine that? Andrew said no. Alex said no. Charles definitely no. <laughs> didn't, I didn't even have to ask that one. No, we're not doing that, Pastor, and it is a little disrespectful anyway just to, to imitate somebody that's going through this kind of situation. It actually, it's a seizure. There, he was having a seizure, and I've had friends that have had seizures before, one that died 
having a seizure. So it's not a, a thing to, to mock or anything, but it was very um, disheartening, especially if it's your son, and it keeps happening, happening. So he has faith. He wants to go for a miracle. So he goes and he talks to Jesus, said, Jesus, uh, I, I went to your disciples, and I pr- they prayed, but nothing happened. So what, do you, what, what should Jesus have said? Well, those are my boys, and if they prayed and nothing happened, I guess it's not the Lord's will. Don't give up. You can't give up. What if you pray and it doesn't work, or you go to the best uh, minister, the best healing minister in town, and you pray and nothing happened? What do you do? Well, it must not be the Lord's will. You know, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. You never know. It just depends on how God, you know, is feeling that day. Is that the way it works? No. No. The Bible says that we have been approved and appointed unto healing. It's the children's bread. By his stripes, we were healed. And if we were healed, we are healed. And so I asked my mentor when I was learning about healing, I said, do you believe that everyone uh, should be healed? And he said, everyone was healed 2,000 years ago on the cross. Jesus paid the price. Now all we have to do is receive it. Go pick up the package that he has for us. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And you know, these disciples... They've been doing this, you know, for years. You know, they've been casting out devils and healing the sick. And they even went to Jesus and said, man, even the devils are, are, are subject to us. And we, we cast them out and they go running. Oh, man, it's great. It's great. Man, we got the power. And Jesus said, don't get excited about that. Be excited that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But they've had exercise. They've had practice. They've had experience of casting out devils. And this one, they could not. You ever had that problem? You know, you pray to God, things work out. And then you pray to God, and it doesn't work out. Like, what's different this time? Boy, what's, how, what, what am I missing? How can I uh, uh, get the... the uh, position that God wants me to be in. So they could not. Uh, next, next slide. So Jesus answered him and said, he didn't say, well, listen, guys, you know, uh, what we got to do? No, he gets a, like a sigh. You can, you can hear it. Oh, faithless generation. In other words, what is your problem? Your problem is you're not putting your faith, you're not believing me in this situation. It wasn't that anything else. He said his, the solution was more faith. Didn't Jesus say that to his disciples sometimes? Where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? Oh, ye of little faith. Youch. People don't like hearing that, you know. <laughs> My faith? I've got, I've got faith to believe God. It couldn't be me. We always put the blame on God, don't we? Well, you know, I guess God doesn't want me healed. I guess God doesn't want me to prosper. I guess God, you know, just leave me here. We, we blame God. That, you know what that is? That's no-fault Christianity. Can't be me. Can't be moi. Has to be someone else. I'm perfect. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Do you think there's a little frustration in that? I've been preaching, you know, Jesus, I've been preaching this thing for three years, and now you're coming to me with this thing about you can't cast them out. Well, you know what the problem is? It's us. Bring them to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And you know what that tells me? The devil's got no manners, okay? <laughs> Here's Jesus, and the, the boy comes, and he starts acting up right in front of Jesus. Let me see, do we have a picture of that? 
Now here he is. They bring them to Jesus. And then the next thing he does, let's, let's see. They start going crazy on him. Like, what? And Jesus saying, like, man, what's going on here? And here's what Jesus says. I like, I like the way he says this. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? <laughs> Jesus is not freaked out, is he? He just kind of leans over and goes, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> right? He's not troubled. He's not worried. He's not concerned. Kind of like when he was on the boat and the waves were coming and they, were, they said, Master, carest thou not that we're perishing? Like an English cup of tea. Carest thou not that we're perishing? And what did he tell them? Where's your faith? Come on, you speak to the mountain. So Jesus is like, well, how long has this been happening? He didn't even look at the guy. He just looked at the father. Well, how long has this been happening? What, what you been doing? He said, from childhood. And often he has thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now, here's where he gets really disrespectful. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Do you think that's a little insulting? If you can do anything, what are you talking about if I can do? I made the whole world, okay? I made you, I, uh, the whole world is upheld by my mighty hand. You're asking me if I can do anything? Please. <laughs> First you call me a teacher, and then you doubt whether I can do anything. He says, then here's a, a third complaint. Here, third, no, no, go back down. The scripture before, yeah, okay. Have compassion on us. That's another insult. Are you Compassion? I came down here from heaven to be here to die on the cross to pay for your sins. And you're asking if I have compassion? My father is the, the, the Lord of compassion, the father of compassion. I am compassionate in everything I do. If I can do anything and if I have compassion, do something. But we talk to God that way, don't we? Lord, if you can do anything. Lord, Lord, please straighten that out. Have compassion on me. God said, I have compassion. I can do everything. But what did he, he, here's what he told him. So the guy asked Jesus, if you can do anything, do it. And Jesus asked him, he flipped it back to them and said, if you can believe. First, he says, if you can do anything. And Jesus said, if you can believe. Do you see what's happening here? We're trying to blame God, and God said, I'm waiting on you. If you, can do, if you can believe, now, he throws in this little word, all. All things. He didn't have to put that in there, did he? He could have just said, if you can believe, then this will be possible because you're believing. But he threw in that little word, all things are possible. Jesus was like going to the extreme. This, I can do this. And I can do anything else you ask for, if you can believe. And so all of a sudden he felt the pressure. The guy felt the pressure, and he said, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So that sounds kind of, you know, I heard a sigh. That, that, that sounds kind of, you know, heartwarming, help thou my unbelief. But... You know, you're not supposed to have unbelief and belief at the same time. Did you know that? In James it says, ask of him and believe for wisdom, not doubting, because anyone that doubts 
is like a wave in the sea, tossed to and fro. Don't think that that man shall receive anything from the Lord. You can't have believing and doubting at the same time. The Bible says when you speak to the mountain, believe and do not doubt in your heart. There's no doubting in Christianity. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball, okay? You're not supposed to doubt. We're supposed to what? Believe. We're, we're called what? Believers. I believe. I believe God's doing something. I believe. I believe. So immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It sounds so heartwarming. Oh, help my unbelief. Now, Jesus, he didn't take time to, to, to sit him down and say, okay, uh, now here's the steps that we're going to take so that you can start believing. You know, you got to start reading your Bible, and you got to start fasting and praying, and you just got to believe that I'm able to do that. Are you able to do that? No, Jesus didn't even go in all that. What did he do? And when he had come into the house, his disciples, oh, I'm sorry, go back. I, I didn't put down to what happened. Do, do you, can you imagine what happened? Do, do you think Jesus was able to do anything? Of course. He cast a demon out of that guy, and the guy was, you know, fully in his right mind. And so Jesus was able to do it. But he didn't address the unbelief. What he did is he said, I'm going to use my faith coupled with the faith that you have, and we're going to make it happen. Praise God. So that's what you have to do. When you have faith, you join with somebody, you come to the altar, you pray, join faith with somebody so that you can not have that unbelief, but you can have that belief. You know, when you're in an atmosphere of faith it, with the believers, and we got James and Gracie singing, you feel good? Okay, Lord can do anything. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We prayed for little uh, Matthew Tan here on, uh, during the week, William and I did, and he had a fever, and he had a scratchy throat, and we were sitting here, we we're looking at the cross, and I said, uh, Matthew, let's pray, and Jesus will heal you. I knew how kids are. They go, Jesus is not here. Jesus is in heaven. I go, okay, let's don't be so technical, okay? Jesus is, the spirit of Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit will heal you. He said, okay, let's pray. He prayed, fever went away, sore throat went away. They went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're fine. Go on home. Give me your $15, and I'll see you later. <laughs> so he told, his, he told his mom, yeah, uh, Pastor Chuck made me pray to God, <laughs> and he healed me, and, and I'm well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you match with somebody about your unbelief. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's see this next slide, see if we want to go to the... Uh, Oh, no, we'll, we'll stay with this one. So we have another actress in town here. And uh, we're going to uh, enact this, how you have faith and unbelief all at the same time, okay? And see if this sounds like anybody you know. Not yourself, but probably somebody else. Come on up. Hello, Miss Rebecca. How are you? Um, I mean, I'm blessed, and I'm just believing in God. Good. I'm good. You're believing God. Yes. Um, I just started college, and I have to go to school, work, and then eventually figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Oh, it's I know. Scary. 
Yeah, I know. That's kind of scary. I remember when I was a young man and going to college, I had to figure out what I was going to do uh, in my life. But, but you know what? I didn't have God on my side. You got God on your side. I do. I do. But it just seems like none of the doors are opening up for me, the way that I would like them at least. Really? Yeah. I thought you said you were believing. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay, got it. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're standing on the promises of God, is that right? Yes, you know, I'm acknowledging that I have to put everything on Him, you know. Yes. I have to, the Lord will lead His, you know, His understanding and what I need to do. Um, and I just have to be structured in the Word, and I understand that. But, um, like I said, it just doesn't seem like anything big is happening. Well, the Bible says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. So maybe something's not happening with your understanding. Mm-hmm. Lean out in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, right? Yes. So what's the problem? Um, I just, I have, I have problems with my unbelief. You know, sometimes I believe that everything good is happening, but then other times it just seems like my dreams are impossible to reach. Um, I, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do. Huh. This girl's got a problem, doesn't she? <laughs> So sometimes you do and sometimes you don't? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I understand how you feel. You know, there's another scripture that says through faith and patience you'll inherit the promises because God works behind the scenes sometimes and we don't know what he's doing, but he's orchestrating it so that it'll come to pass in your life. Yeah, I believe that too. But meanwhile, I'm working at a coffee shop and that's not exactly what I want to do. Okay. <sighs> she needs some work, huh? But aren't, aren't, don't, doesn't that sound like us a little bit? Oh, I believe God's going to deliver me. I believe God's going to work in my behalf, and I believe everything's going to work out. Well, how's it doing? Well, it's not going good. <laughs> Have you gotten any inclinations of where the Lord is going to lead you? Um, I got an offer to work with the police department um, with kids, but um, I'm not sure what to do. I don't know. I, I want to go into law enforcement. I don't know. Yeah, okay, so do you like keeping the law and arresting people and things like that? Uh, I guess I do. I guess I learned that from my mother. Keep the law and just keep the law in order everywhere. Oh, okay, you got that from your mom. So now you want to reverse it and put it on everybody else, is that right? Yes, you must obey the law. Okay, so that's right up your alley. Her mom's name is Allie, okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is really in my heart, but I don't know if I want to give up my other job. I'm just very undecided. So you're undecided. Yes. You're believing God. Okay, and you're undecided. Okay, so I think, Rebecca, what you have to do is go with your heart. Go with what God has put in your heart to do, and I think it'll come to pass because he's already got your, your pathway planned out. Yeah. You believe I, that? Yeah, I think he's directing me in the right path. You know, the Bible says that all authority is given by God. So you're actually working in the right pathway that God has ordained you to. You're right, Pastor. Thank you. He's the best pastor. Mm. <laughs> okay. You didn't have to say that, but... Uh, <laughs> even though it is written in the script. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So... We see that it takes, it take, it takes some, you know, uh, determination to believe that God is working in your behalf. So let's see this last scripture it says here. 
Jesus saw the people running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more. And the next scripture says, mm, No. Uh, oh, this, we skipped one, where it says, uh, This kind come out, but by prayer and fasting. When he come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? You ever get Somebody gets blessed with a car, someone gets blessed with a house, someone gets blessed with a job. Why could we not have that? The Bible says this kind or this result only comes by prayer and fasting. What does that mean? Is the prayer and fasting that does it? No, it's the prayer and fasting that brings you closer to God to receive the promises that he has for us so that we can you know, give up what we're thinking and believe what he, God is thinking for our life. So last scripture, it says, uh, one more. So Abraham, old man Abraham, father of many nations, didn't have any children. God called him and said, I have made you a father of many nations. So the Bible says, Abraham considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of, his, of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and becoming fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. What do you have to do? Consider not, stagger not, and become fully persuaded. This has been something that I've had to do, and I think you all have to do. Consider not your situation. Stagger not at the enormous promise of God, but become fully persuaded that that which he has promised, he's able also to perform. This is how we get faith for miracles. And you don't just say it one time, you just keep saying it over and over again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and your confession will bring your possession. Easy, isn't it? It's easy. You, you got it? You ready to roll with this? Yeah. Amen? How many people believe now that you have some equipment to be able to believe and have faith for miracles? I just want to close with one story. I thought this was kind of a funny story because you can take this to an extreme. And you all know um, Joel Olstein, right? You've seen him on TV. His father was a faith preacher. He was like a powerhouse guy. John Osteen, and I was listening to some of his messages, and in the old days, they used faith for everything. They kind of over, overdid it, but that's okay. God doesn't mind it when you overdo it. But anyway, he, he was driving a car that was kind of dilapidated, and he was a preacher, and one of his friends said, you know, John, you, you got to get a better looking car, you know, look, look good if you had something, you know, more respectable. He said, ah, oh, no. And then finally, he said, okay, I'll go down to the car dealer and see what kind of car the Lord has for me. So he went down there, looked at the, at the cars, and he saw an Imperial. This is back, way back when. He said, oh, that's a pretty-looking car. I'm going to get me that car. So he went in and asked the guy, well, how much are you selling that car for? And the dealer said such and such a price. And he said, oh, that's, a, that's steep. I don't think I can afford that, but I believe that's my car. He said, uh, I'm, I'm not able to pay for it right now, but you know, you're not going to be able to sell that car until I'm ready. And the dealer went, okay, whatever. <laughs> Pretty car, right? So two months later, he goes back and he said, well, I see my car's still on the lot. <laughs> he goes, yeah, funny thing. I see, can't seem to sell that one. Well, it's waiting for me. So when you're ready, let me know. So he came back six months later. He said, have you sold that car yet? No, I can't seem to sell that car. 
what would you pay for it? And at that time, you know, $1,400 was a lot of money, so he was going to say fourteen, but his friend kind of, 1100 say 1100 uh, I'll buy it for $1,100. He goes, just, he called it, sell this man this car and get this car out of here. <laughs> and not that I recommend that to anybody else, but it actually did happen in, in our house when we went to buy our house. We went to buy the house, and uh, other people made offers, and the buyer said, I'm going to sell it to the Canizeros, and all these other people just tell them, forget about it, take it off the market. They reserved it for us. God reserved it for us. So you have to know, despite what the circumstances are, that God has a plan for you, and he wants to do miracles in your life. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. We're going to receive communion right now, and... Uh, because the Lord has given himself for us. He's died on the cross, paid the price for our sins, gave us eternal life through him. And if he's given life to us, we can receive it from him. Amen? Amen. So we're going to bless the, the bread and the wine. And we're going to take communion. The Bible says, when Jesus was with his disciples, he says, as oft as you do this, do it in memory of me. So we're going to do this in the memory of the Lord. 